Liz Rao definitely has a quirky sense of humor. She's an author and now a podcast host. But recently, she's undergone a major change in her life. VSG Bariatric Surgery. Now she's on a journey to discover health and happiness. Join her as she navigates this new world. This is Life with Liz. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Savannah article by Liz Rao. What happens when a young journalist shadows Hollywood's number one actor? Perhaps not what you may think. From the author of Pieces of Accordance comes an exciting new romance, the Savannah article. Cole Black waited six months to get her first assignment at FTP magazine, but had she known it would turn her life upside down, maybe she would have reconsidered. Charged with portraying an actor as an everyday man, will she be able to deal with Joshua Danes and his ego, not to mention his charming Hollywood appeal? Available free to download right now on iBooks, Nook, Smashwords, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life with Liz, and this is your host, Liz. (laughs) Sorry, sometimes I'm such a goober. Um, So it's been kind of a crazy, fun week. Uh, I had my pre-op appointment in all of my labs this week, and I am not a person who's scared of needles. I wanted to be a doctor until I found out I had to be good at math, and that kind of crushed that dream. But I'm like a little nerd when I go to the hospital. I like to ask questions. I like to know everything. I like to see the surgery videos. Um, they, They took eight vials of blood, and I watched every single vial fill up, and... The nurse and I were laughing, or the, not the nurse, but the lab technician and I were laughing because she was telling me all these stories of people who are afraid of needles, and she's been kicked and bitten, and they've had to hold people down, and I just, it's crazy. So um, let's get started this week in talking about the pre-op appointments in the labs and everything you have to do pre-surgery. So, and forgive me, my voice is kind of going in and out. Last night, I kind of had like a farewell, like little hangout night with some of my friends, and we played car games, and I drank some wine, and um, ate some food that I'm not going to be able to eat post-surgery. So, I recommend doing that for yourself, so you feel like you're not depriving yourself of of things that you loved or ate at post-surgery, because you're not going to be eating those things post-surgery, or at least you shouldn't. Um, so, but anyway, when I do things like that, my voice kind of goes in and out. So bear with me. Um, hopefully it doesn't crack too much, but here we go. The pre-op appointments. So I had to do a couple of things because of COVID. I hadn't been able to go to the doctor to have my primary care physician sign off on all the paperwork and I had to get a physical. Well, They just opened after months of being closed and only doing virtual appointments. So I started off with my physical on Tuesday and got the all clear from my doc. And um, I had been neglecting some of my vaccines, not because I'm afraid of needles, like I said, but because I'm one of those people who just gets really sick from shots, vaccines, tetanus, you name it. In college, when you had to get the meningitis shot, like I could have been dead. You, like, I couldn't get up off my pillow and out of bed. Like, I just physically was drained, and I looked like death warmed over. Like, I'm sure my random roommate in college that I had, who turned out to still be a good friend of mine today, but I'm sure her first impression of me was like, what the hell is this 
death doing at my doorstop. So, um, but anyway, so I had to get my tetanus shot. So my arm was sore for four or five days and I had a beautiful little fever that day and a massive headache. And so I was afraid that like the next day when I went to the hospital for my pre-op work, they were going to be like, "Mm, you have a fever, you can't come in. But luckily it, it all kind of went down except for just the soreness on my body. Um, but so I had my tetanus shot and all of that good stuff, which you don't have to do, but I had to do it just because of my physical and the fact that it was right then. And then the next day I went to the hospital first thing in the morning. They will only do your labs at like 7, 8 or 9 a.m. in the morning here because you have to fast. You can't have anything in your system, especially coffee. And let me tell you, when I have to drive 40 minutes for a doctor's appointment with no coffee at 7 a.m. in the morning, the only thing that gets me through the day is, or through that morning at least, is pumping my music in my car and singing like a rock star. So I'm sure I terrified other drivers on the road. I don't care. I played my 90s pop, top 90s hit. I think I think that was the PlayStation on Sirius. And sang my little heart out. So I get there, my voice is like a little rough. And you can tell I've been like energetically dancing in the car. Because listen, when you sing in the car, I'm the choreographer. I'm the star. I'm the dancer. I'm the singer. Like, and I go full out. There's nothing more fun to me than driving and like blaring music and, and just singing and having some good, <laughs> some good uh, cartoons. So, but anyway, what was I saying? Lab test. Yeah. So I go to the hospital. Checking in now with COVID is a just, it's a whole new world. So they have these like small little um, teeny tiny little offices now that are all closed in. And there's like four or five of them. And you have to wait until the light dings and then go in. Um you're sitting like six or seven feet away from the person taking all your information. So then you have to talk kind of loud. You get all stickered up, you get a bracelet, and then they send you to a different part of the hospital where um, the the pre-admission testing, PAT, I learned it's called. So then I had to sit there for a while, and they make you drink about 20 ounces of water right before you get your blood taken. So that way it flows nice and well. And talk to my RN nurse who kind of went over the procedures with me. So not only do you have a lot of labs taken, like I said, I had eight vials and that's, my doctor doesn't do as many tests as the other doctor in his office because they were like, the other one does like 20 blood tests. Like yours is only doing about 10 from these eight vials. So I can't even imagine how much that other doctor asked, but they give you a complete rundown or review of what you're going to do from start to finish. So they take a list of all of the vitamins you're on and be as honest as possible. Now, I live in Colorado, so they're also like, what kind of recreational drugs do you use? And I was like, uh, wine? Like, I, sorry, I don't believe in the whole pot movement and we legalize shrooms. I don't really believe in that either. So um, she was just kind of like, really? And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm, listen, I'm from Missouri, okay? Like, I'm a Midwest girl. I'm not doing that shit. So... We, you go over everything. Now, I currently take biotin, which you do have to take post-surgery as well because your hair is going to fall out and it helps it grow back faster. But I started taking it when I moved to Colorado because it's so dry here. And between the dryness and the altitude, 
my hair got really brittle. My nails were just like flaking off. My skin took a beating. So I've been taking that for years. So hopefully my hair grows back a little faster. Um, just because I've had that in my system for so long. Who knows? Fingers crossed. I also take melatonin. I take Unisom, which is a sleeping pill because I can't shut down my brain. I take two different anxiety medications. And um, I take my multivitamin with an additional iron supplement in it that is already bariatric approved. So um, it's Pro Healthcare is the brand. And so I can take that pre-surgery, but I can also take a post-surgery. Um, I found it interesting that one week prior, you have to cut out every single supplement you take. doesn't matter what it is. You have to cut it out. You are allowed to take your medications um, up until the morning of surgery, as long as you take it four hours or more prior to your surgery time. So that was interesting. So starting um, on the 30th, which is this week, I will be cutting out all of that. So just interesting enough. They go over your showering instructions. And I brought the little bottle of soap to my uh, little podcast desk here in my house. So just to kind of go over with you what it is. You have to shower the night before with this and you, you can't use, you can shampoo and wash your hair like normal, but you can't use any other soaps, um, creams, oils, nothing. So including my acne routine. So I wasn't really thrilled about that one. Um, but it is Dynahex 4, which is chlorhexidine, glucoconate, glucoconate. Yeah. Uh, 4% solution. All of that fancy wording means it's an antiseptic, non-sterile solution. So you have to scrub, scrub, scrub down with it. They want it like in your pores. And then you have to do it the morning of your procedure too. So they give you this bottle of it and they want it scrubbed into every inch of your skin, basically. Um, so you're, as, I guess, as clean and sterile as a whistle, if whistles are sterile. So that was, I found that interesting as well. Hey guys, if you've been following me at all on Instagram, you know that for months now I've been talking about Orgain protein shakes. So not all protein shakes are made the same. That is the very first lesson you have to learn in this BSG, reprogramming your body, your mind, and your nutrition and what it comes to food. So we have to get 50 to 60 grams of protein a day, right? And part of that is a two to three week liquid journey. And so those shakes become very important and vital to your recovery. I went through three or four different types of shakes before I discovered Orgain because here's my situation is I needed something dairy-free, and I still needed a high quality of protein in my shake, but I wanted it to be clean. That's how I discovered Organg, and I love their story. The story is about a, a guy who, he ended up being a doctor, but when he was 17, he was diagnosed with a rare and aggressive form of cancer, and during his chemo and radiation, he lost so much weight because he lost his appetite, and it was rapid weight loss and he wasn't healthy and his doctors recommended nutrition shakes to get his weight up. The only options available at that time were completely unhealthy, totally synthetic, and not clean. So he and his mother started making his own organic shakes at home and not only did they help him regain his strength, they restored his hope in his future. So he ended up 
going into medicine himself and that power of clean nutrition stayed with him as he entered in his career and as he treated patients he was still consumed by this idea of a clean protein shake that could help more people bringing a healthier and more organic nutrition shake to the market so he took a leap of faith quit his practice and started Orgain and I love it. It's easy to find, but if you want to find it online and save some time, especially right now during COVID where we don't really want to go out and shop if we don't have to, you can order it online at orgain.com and use my promo code LizRow30 to get 30% off either your first order or even your first subscription, and you can save 30%. That is huge. Nobody else out there is doing that right now. And Orgain is relentlessly clean. They're committed to innovation. They're giving protein a purpose. And I have to tell you, I love it. It's not chalky. It doesn't have that like gritty taste that other things have. And they have not only powders that are protein, vegan, they have grass-fed whey protein powders, nutritional powders, collagen powders, keto powders, sports powders, you name it. They also have ready-made protein shakes um, that are, they have some with dairy and some without dairy, so whatever floats your boat. They have protein bars. They also have kid shakes and kid bars, and then they have MCT oil for your pantry. So just a really great clean company, guys, and something I highly, highly recommend. They even have it in the powder and small packets. So if you travel a lot like I do, I just take those packets with me and it saves me so much time because they're perfectly pre-measured and I'm good to go. I can control what I'm going to eat when I'm on the road. So definitely check it out. It's orgain.com and my promo code is LizRow30. You won't regret it. Thanks everyone. Then she goes over everything you have to do during your week of liquids prior to surgery. So my doctor, I use Dr. Brown from um, Parker, Colorado. He's highly, highly recommended. And um, he does a few things that some other bariatric doctors don't do for the pain. So I, with my research, that's who I chose. Um, I love him. He is, he's a very kind man and he has a kind of a sarcastic sense of humor like I do. So we get along great. But so anyway, they go over like what his rules are for you. So not only on your liquid diet, I'm only allowed to have protein shakes and I have to have enough that I'm getting 60 grams of protein a day. So with Orgain, which is what I use, you know, you all know I love it. Um, I can only mix it with milk or use like the pre-made kind. Um, I'm going to make it with some ice chips so it like feels like there's a texture in there, but um so you can only have those. So that's about three shakes a day for me. And then you can only have clear liquids, like actual clear liquids. You can't have soup. I know some doctors allow that. But what I did not know going into this is that I have to drink a sugar-free 20-ounce um, Gatorade every day. Every day of my liquid diet, that's what they want you to have. So when I went to Costco, I couldn't find the Gatorade Zero in a giant pack, but I did find Propel um, so as long as you're drinking a sports drink, really, that has that same amount of electrolytes as Gatorade, since that's what they want you to drink, you should be fine. Um, but then the morning of, I have to drink, um, a full sugar Gatorade. So the, the full thing. And that is because with all of the research, they, they used to like say nothing after midnight, like you can't have anything in your system whatsoever. Well, they found that that actually increases nausea, um, when you wake up from surgery and your body just can't handle some of the pain meds as well because there's no sugar in your system to kind of 
help balance some of that. So you want to make sure you're full of electrolytes. That's why you have to drink it every day um, pre-surgery for seven days. But then the morning of, they need that sugar in your system because you'll actually bounce back from all the anesthesia and everything much quicker and you won't be as nauseous. So fun fact of the day. But I have to drink it um, by 5.30 in the morning because my surgery is at 9.30 in the morning. So um, the good news is I won't feel like I'm dehydrated all day because I have a very early surgery. But um, getting it, you know, I'm going to have to get up at like 4 a.m. to shower with the soap again and all of that. But it's going to be worth it, 100% worth it. Um, but I didn't know any of that. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting as well when he's um, both my RN and my doctor are explaining that to me. Then you kind of go over post-op as well. How? So, again, because of COVID, so my husband can come back with me to pre-op and while I'm getting ready um, and why they put me through all with all the drugs and go through everything with me. But he cannot come into recovery because of COVID. So he won't be able to see me um, for several hours after my sur- – the surgery is about an hour. Um, and then you're kind of in recovery for about an hour and a half while they wake you up and they make sure you can wiggle your toes and all of that. Um, so basically they will either go talk to him or call him with the room number and that's where he's allowed to meet me. So they were like, don't even bring in your hospital bag, leave it in the car. Um, because he's not going to be able to go with you or be with you this whole time. So, um, that was fun. (laughs) And, uh, so meeting with the RN, I, I, like I said, I'm a nerd for stuff like that. So it was kind of enjoyable, but she gave me list upon list upon list of things that I have to do and prepare for. They give you a packing list, which is great as well. And then they also give you a book on your right to make your own healthcare decisions. If you do not have a living will or a will at all, they have pre-made forms in there for you that has all the legal jargon so you can sign it and whoever your um, right of care, like medical power of attorney um, is going to be they give it all to you so you can fill it out and have it with you. Um, it's very, very important to do that. Although this surgery is highly successful, uh, you all, like they're cutting out 80% of a major organ. It's not a simple surgery, even though it's laparoscopic. And take it seriously. You never know what's going to happen and make sure that you're prepared and your family knows what your wishes are. Because it's still a major surgery, even though the recovery, like, even though I'm only going to be in the hospital for a day, two at the most, it's important to really take it seriously and have that conversation because it's still a, a surgery and things happen. So they give you that book as well. So everything is like really lined up by the time that you go in and you're ready for your surgery. So I had that. That lasted probably an hour, hour and a half at the hospital in the morning. And then I went to go get my, I went to go get a Starbucks because, listen, Liz needs her coffee. Baby needs her coffee. Even if it's just one cup a day, I need it, okay? And all my timing worked out perfectly because then I had my pre-op appointment with my surgeon. So they're not always back to back, but because I'm driving about 40 minutes for this appointment, I try to line everything up as as good as possible. So I met with my surgeon. My husband met me for that one because his questions are different than mine. We're very different um, logical thinkers in a way. Like I think about the more immediate stuff and he thinks probably about the long-term things. So I thought it was good to have him with me 
Um, I called to make sure he can come in as well. And they said, yes, just don't bring kids into the office. So um, we go in with our mask. We meet with my surgeon. And he then reviews everything with you again to make sure you understand the pre-op diet, the showering, um, what you can and can't have. He really, He's the one who really went in depth on the sugar the morning of surgery and why it helps. And then post-op. So I've heard such a variety of things for post-op. And some people only do a week of liquid diets. Some people aren't allowed to exercise for six weeks. So go with whatever your doctor says, not what you watched on YouTube or not what I heard you heard in my podcast, but go with whatever your doctor recommends. Follow his instructions to a T. This is what my doctor told me. I said, how soon afterwards can I exercise? Because I want this to work. I want to do everything right. I want to maximize the success of my gastric sleep tool. And he said, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, two weeks after surgery, if you want to go on walks or jogs, go for it. If you feel like you're strong enough to do that during your recovery, you should be up every two hours walking anyway. What you can't do are exercises that are going to engage your abs or ruin the healing of any of your tissues in your stomach because um, you get about five to six punctures with different tubes and and scar tissue takes a long time to heal. I know that from previous surgeries. And he said, just don't engage anything in your ab. You can't do that until four to six weeks, depending on how you're healing. And even then, you need to be careful with it because you don't want to disturb not only your stomach, but any of the tissue or muscles around it that were affected because it's going to be painful and it could lead to further issues. And they're worried about blood clots and all of those things. So we live in Colorado. We like to go hiking. So we could do very simple, easy beginner hikes that are like a mile to two miles and be totally fine two weeks post-surgery, but I can't get on the elliptical. You know what I mean? So um, I thought that was pretty interesting. He said if I wanted to go bike riding, I could. Um, but just be very, very gentle. And then after that, you know, as I start to feel stronger, as I start to put, uh, more foods back into my body, then I can kick up kind of my workout routine if I want to. So I am not a person who likes to lift a ton of weights. I know a lot of people do. What my, uh, classes recommended was more resistance training, which I guess is why people do a lot of the weightlifting and things like that. I'm going to use resistant bands. I'm While I don't mind doing like 20, 30 minutes of cardio to warm up my body, I was a dancer growing up, so I like to do a lot more um, aerobic type things. I like to do yoga and bar and Pilates, so I'll use resistance bands doing a lot of that and still get that um, strength in, but that's my plan. I know we like to go hiking on the weekends. We will go for leisure bike rides because I hadn't been on a bike in like, I don't know, 20 plus years. So I'm not, I'm a little uh, cautious on the bike. You know what I mean? Um, but just being active every day for a minimum of 30 minutes is going to make such a huge difference in your recovery, but also in your success. So that's kind of my plan. I would love, love, love if you all messaged me on Instagram and told me what your plans were going to be for, um, or what you've been doing, uh, post-op as well for your workouts, what's really worked for you. Everybody's different. Every body loses weight differently. Everybody likes to exercise differently. Do what's right for you. But I love hearing 
everything that works for you. Um, so definitely be sharing that kind of information and definitely find your support system because I think it's going to be very interesting. And I think everyone's going to lose um, differently based on how engaged they are. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Life with Liz. We're going to get back to the show in a moment. But I, right now, I want to talk about one of my favorite brands that I'm currently obsessed with, and that is JustStrong.com. JustStrong.com is a clothing line that really boosts female empowerment. It is so hard sometimes to find the right workout clothes, especially going through VSG surgery and just starting out not feeling your best, not feeling your healthiest. And when I discovered this clothing line, I immediately reached out and said, hey, let's work together. Be Strong is a clothing line that wants you to never give up and to stay strong both physically and mentally. And we all know how both of those parts are crucial to our success at VSG. Their clothing includes not only clothing, but plus size and kid sizings as well, and supplements and accessories. So go to JustStrong.com, use my promo code LizRow10, and get 10% off your first order. Again, that's LizRow10, L-I-Z. R-A-U-10 at JustStrong.com. So what do I do now? I've done all of my pre-op appointments. All my blood was good. I do have to do a COVID test 72 hours before I go in. So I have to go, um, only specific hospitals are doing it. So I have to go to um, that hospital about three days prior, which is 4th of July for me. So it might be four days prior and take that wonderful COVID test. And I have to stock up on all my fluids in advance. Don't try to do it while you're on your liquid diet and certainly don't try to do it when you come home from the hospital. Have all of that stuff ready to go and follow your doctor's orders on it. So um, we went to Costco, which I, I'm probably the one person in, the, in America that hates Costco because it's crowded. And let me tell you, those little old ladies with their giant carts are kind of mean. Like I can't tell you the number of times I've been mowed down in a Costco. So it's just, I don't like it. It's not for me. And there's only two of us in this house. So typically I'm like, we don't need 85 things of toilet paper. Um, but for the fluids, that's where we, where we went. So I got my pre-made shakes. I got, and I got different flavors and different kinds, so I could at least have some variety post-op. Um, we got our Propel water full of goods, those good electrolytes. I also got vitamin water because I like it, and I want to keep my liquid diet interesting with my flavors. Um, prepare for your hospital bag. I'm going to do a video on my Instagram account on what I'm packing in my hospital bag. Guys, don't go crazy because here's the thing. You're not going to want to put on makeup. You're not going to want to dry shampoo your hair because you're not going to even want to get out of bed. I'm probably just going to braid my hair and like let it go for several days because the last thing I'm going to do is worry about what I look like in the hospital. I'm going to worry more about getting my ass out of that bed and walking so I can go home. Um, but, you know, a couple of major things you're going to need. You're going to need a rope because you're going to be freezing in a hospital, number one. Number two, you don't want your butt to show in the gown. Um, you can take your own nightgown or pajamas if you want to to be in post-surgery. You don't have to wear that gown. Um, a lot of people take their own pillow. I'm just going to take my own blanket, like a fuzzy blanket, so I feel like I have some sort of comfort from home, something soft, because there's nothing about a hospital bed that is comforting or soft or warm in any way, shape, or form. Um, I will take my 
iPad or my MacBook, one of the two, with my chargers. Don't forget the chargers. A lot of people recommend an extension cord because you're not going to have a, uh, a big, huge outlet right next to your bed. You're just not. Take your phone. Take something to entertain you, um, which is, I think, why I'm going to take my Mac, uh, sorry, my iPad over my MacBook because I'm going to have a couple of books and movies pre-downloaded. And take a toothbrush. Brush your teeth. And, and that's really all I'm going to take, you know, you know, but I'm going to do a what's in my bag kind of video so everyone can see it. And then have everything set up so when you come home pre-surgery, you're not like making your bed, putting on clean sheets, trying to build, build a bed on the couch or something. Um, I live in a townhouse, so it's a lot of freaking steps because if you count our basements, like five floors, because every room is up a set of stairs. So it's, even though it's not a big townhouse, it, it's just a lot of steps. So I'm going to try to have things set up conveniently. So it's not like I have to go digging for things that I need, or, um, I'll probably, we have like, um, like a sectional, but the part of it's like an L, you know, in our living room. So I'm going to kind of make that like a pre bed. So when I come home, like I don't have to go all the way up to the top floor to my bed. I can kind of just chill there for the day. We don't have a recliner, but a recliner is a great idea. If you have one, it's much easier to get up and down because you're not going to be able to engage your stomach muscles. Um, so sitting up, laying down, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get yourself up the first couple of days because of that. The other thing my doctor does that not everyone does is he basically does like a, uh, for lack of a better term, it's kind of like a pain patch around the surgery area. So I, I won't be taking pain pills, but he leaves these little tubes. Um, he'll leave these little tubes in my body. And it's kind of like a V and it goes around the areas where the surgery was. And it's just, um, it's kind of like a Novocaine patch in a way. Like it's just kind of seeping pain meds into those affected areas. So I'll be more comfortable. And then about three or four days post-surgery, I will actually pull those tubes out myself. They're very little. It doesn't hurt. Um, but he does that a little bit different, and he's had a much higher success rate with that than before he did, did that method and gave people pain pills, which made him nauseous. And if you didn't take it on time, then you felt more pain. He goes, no, my patients have always been far more comfortable. So things like that. Um, the stitches are stitched on the inside with a little laparoscopic robot arm and those will dissolve naturally um but we there are some care instructions so you want to be as gingerly as possible on your stomach this whole whole time because it could be a lot um so anyways guys i am basically one week to surgery i'm starting my liquid diet this week so please follow me on instagram because i'm going to be doc i'm going to be as honest as i can be with you all um sorry for scaring you now because i've chances of me wearing makeup are slim to none and I haven't been sleeping so I kind of look like a zombie and I'm going to document the whole ride of what this liquid diet is like and what surgery day is like so follow along Liz Route Official on Instagram, Facebook, LizRouteOfficial.com on my website where I have some funny um, blogs the last one the last blog I posted about surgery was uh, my sleep apnea so if you haven't seen that photo that's worth a chuckle um, of that little, uh, I don't even know, the device I had to strap to me. And let's do this. Let's get surgery. All right, guys, thanks for listening this week. I can't wait to talk to you next week and let you know um, exactly how everything's going. 
And please, please, please subscribe to my podcast on your on your device that you're listening to. It helps me tremendously on my channel. And DM me. Let me know what you think about this podcast or write it on my Instagram page or something. Um, because I, w- I want to know. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what works from you. Um, I've been tracking you all on Instagram all over the world on your success stories and what works for you. So reach out. Let me know. And if you're ever interested in coming on this podcast and telling your story, I would love to have you. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with Liz.